Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I like it. Kevin Durant is averaging just a shade under 30 points a mm-hmm. game this year. What are we getting into here? This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. KD. Countdown. Countdown. That countdown wolf is now at six hours until the debut of Kevin Durant in a Phoenix Suns uniform. Interestingly enough, the number of man, number six, six hours. I mean, I feel like we've been counting down to it absurdly since July. (laughs) The number of man, and there is a man. His name is Kevin Durant. How about this? Three weeks ago at this exact moment... We were getting ready to interview Monty Osmore, or not Monty Osmore, Matt Ishbia. Okay. We had just talked to Monty Osmore the week before. That's how crazy this uh, month of February was. But Matt Ishbia was just taking over the team. Like, I get that it has, it has taken a, a, an abnormally long time from when you traded for a player to him actually making his debut for your team. Yeah. But the amount of time it took from Matt Ishbia to be introduced to the trade made for Kevin Durant's is absurd the other direction. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Uh, I'm still trying to get over the Jay Crowder affair. <laughs> That's still bothering me. It really is. I'm still trying to get over that myself. Walking around the Wolfley compound, just mumbling to myself about Jay Crowder. I, I think what did you do, Jay? What did you do? You'll then? either get over it or, okay, I'm just or everybody's going to um, leave you to mumble to yourself still, tonight. It, it is. It, it's just incredible right now. So... It, This has been a long and winding road this season. We've seen a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts that have happened to the Suns right now. And literally, this trade caps it off. And now, here it is. We're we're going to do a listeners-only meeting in about a half hour. Because I do. And look, you can call in if you're a Suns fan. You're just ecstatic. If you want to do that, well, certainly we'll take those calls, too. I don't want to influence the calling at all. I just I want want to know people. I just want to know where your excitement level is going into this game. Because you can very easily make the case... Wolf, that not only is the Suns' championship window back open, and I think that's undeniable, that this is the widest it has ever been open. And there have been some really, really good Suns basketball teams. We had Kevin Ray on 20 minutes ago, and I thought he made an outstanding point of, you know, the Suns are one of the winningest franchises in NBA history. And I know the last, that that 10-year period took them down a little bit. But when you just look at all-time winning percentage, the Suns are up there as one of the most successful teams in NBA history. They got no rings. So you're not really that successful, right? You are you are consistently good, and there were a few years I would argue the Suns were great, and there were a couple years I would argue they had potential rings taken from them improperly, but this right now is is I think your best chance. I think the next year and a half, I'll say, is your best chance you've ever had to win a title. Yeah, um, I don't think there's any doubt about that, right? And maybe that's what somebody will say in our listeners-only meeting. Somebody will call and say, you guys are forgetting about this. But somebody I, will mention Barkley, but my counter's going to be Barclay. Michael Jordan was at the end of that path. Yeah. 
Yes, uh, I just the expectation right now is truly amazing. I am not one of these guys. Anyone who has listened to me for the last two decades, you know, I am not one of these guys to grab the baton and lead the parade. Yet at the same time, I can't. How do you get around Kevin Durant, a healthy Kevin Durant, and what he's going to bring to this team, especially if he's not bringing drama to this team? The way that I presupposed that he would back in the summer. You tell me he's here and he's he's here to win a championship and he's healthy and ready to go. The combination of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and Chris Paul and then DeAndre Ayton and what it's going to do for DeAndre Ayton. I, I can't help it. We can get into the particulars and the specifics and that's what makes me so jacked up. But when you go big picture... And you think of this team with Kevin Durant. I, I'm in the danger zone. I'm in the danger zone. I expect them to win. And if you, t- you know, again, winning the whole thing, I realize that's a hard, that is a, that is a, a tough thing to say. I can't say they're going to win. But that's all that matters. A no. championship. Once you make that trade, that's all that matters. But let's, let's say it the way that it is. That's why they made this trade. To win a championship this year, not next year, not two years from now, not three, this year. I'm glad they made the trade if they were going to make it, that they made it mid-season. And I I said this before they even made the trade. If you're going to make the trade, make it mid-season and get this year's playoffs, too, as opposed to making it this summer. Like, why throw that away? And maybe not throw it away. I still think the Suns had a contender before the trade. But that's what... That's what makes it tough. But tougher. Chris Paul is not getting any younger. No, he's not. That clock is ticking right now. That's what makes it tougher for people, though, right? Because you, you already had a good team, and you traded away a couple fan favorites. I think, I think the best way to probably wrap your head around this, if you're a Suns fan, you're like, yeah, this is great, and I'm excited, but it doesn't quite feel like the Suns because the Twins are gone. I, you're going to miss those two either way. You may as well enjoy Kevin Durant being here. And we can all have an organized social media campaign in three years to try and talk Mikhail Bridges into coming back. Sure, But you may as well enjoy Kevin Durant while he's here, because that's a pretty good thing to enjoy. Yeah. Um, again, you know the way that I feel on this. I was one of those guys that loved the Suns' chemistry, loved their culture, loved who they were with Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson in particular, and Jay Crowder as well. Throw him in there. Loved what the Suns were all about last season. I I didn't want to see KD in the summer. I didn't want to see KD come here. And yet, I am one of those guys right now that fully expects, based on what I'm hearing Kevin Durant say and what his teammates are saying about him, I fully expect this to be the X factor that the Suns have been missing this whole time. Here's let me pile on that. Here's Brian Winhorst yesterday. It's going to be difficult to hold expectations down because a year ago when he came back from very similar injury with the Nets, his first game back he scored 31 points. His second game back he scored 37. I'm going to be honest with you, being around the team over the last couple of days, I know that Devin Booker plays everything monotone and I know that Chris Paul is long, you know, experience with keeping expectations low. But there's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of excitement around this Suns team of what they're 
going to be when they get Kevin Durant. The reality is there's probably going to be a rough patch or two, but the expectation is that he is going to hit the ground running, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he fits in seamlessly to what this team does offensively. The reality is he's going to make everybody else better. I mean, how many times, think about this, and I'm not saying I have the answer here, but I just, this, I think this is worth having a conversation. How many times have the Suns brought somebody in, a player? that made Devin Booker better. That you knew, like, oh, they brought this guy, and that's going to make Devin Booker better. I mean, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And, you know, I mean, and they've they've brought guys in that have obviously made Devin Booker. But I'm saying at the moment, like, when they, you draft DeAndre Ayton, I'm sure in some ways he makes Devin Booker better, but he's kind of his own thing. And and, and Booker makes him better. You know what I mean? But Kevin Durant, you go and get Kevin Durant, Devin Booker's going to be better. How scary is that if you're another team in the Western Conference? Yeah. Um, you're right about that, Luke. Yeah, it's scary. Scary <laughs> is on the wall. Yeah, right, play scary. That in the pre-show meeting scary today. is on his way. Um, can I just say too, though? Um, a couple of rough patches. See, this is how danger zone I am right now. Uh, I don't expect to see that <laughs> with playoffs. Yeah, of course. But the rest of the season, twenty games. I, I, I'm not expecting. A couple of rough patches. Well, I think he's talking about the playoffs, right? Well, I don't, I don't know. I just... I mean, these regular season games, as far as I'm concerned now, are a tune-up for the playoffs. And <laughs> yeah, they see are. what a loser we are. Well, I mean, just I'm, totally. You, you better be a playoff We're team. We're calling it... Well, yeah, of course, be a playoff team, but so then a couple this is of a rough patches, I expect them to roll. Let's ride, good, Russ. There's good teams Let's in the ride. Western Conference. There's there's certain teams that that are going to make this a lot more challenging. So I would assume well, there's going to be rough patches. Really? Like what are you talking about? Two, two. You could, you could be down one zero in a series. Two different patches. Well, okay, you're talking about a series. I'm talking about the, the twenty games that remain. Oh, yeah. So you're skipping steps, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not skipping steps. Okay. If the Suns lose a game next Thursday, I don't care as long as they're well, winning that, and staying that's in the top what I'm four. Saying. Rough spots. What are you talking about? I wasn't that, me. To me was Brian Two or three losses in a row. No. I don't expect that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't love that. I'll be honest. Uh, all right, when we come back. Back over to football. Will DeAndre Hopkins be a member of the Cardinals when next season starts? Monty Austin Fort kind of weighed in on that yesterday. We're going to interpret his answer next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show on this Wednesday morning. It is Wolf and Luke live from the Auction Community Studios. It's actually looking kind of cold out, Wolf. So as much as I loved being at Salt River Fields and may have said multiple times this week that we should just do every show from there, this might be a good day to be indoors. It's looking a little cold out there. Yeah, it is. A little bit right there. What do you mean cold? It's never cold out no, there. Absolutely not. Oh, my goodness. Lit up like Dean Martin's Christmas tree. <laughs> Google it, my young crunks. The picture of you turned away from the field. <laughs> While we're interviewing Merrill Kelly is amazing. Oh my goodness! It was just—I I don't know if you've ever been out walking around on a bright sunny day. Yep. And you thought it was beautiful, and you, hey, suddenly you walk back into the compound. You look in the mirror, and you go, "What is that? What are you doing? What's your blood pressure at right now?" Because your face literally looks like tomato skin. 
The only time I can remember being sunburned was up on a mountain outside Seattle. And apparently if you're standing in the snow, and I guess you're a lot closer to the sun, <laughs> you, you sunburn more easily. <laughs> For the most part, I'm kind of lucky with that stuff. It's my powers of observation that betray me all the time, Basin Ornings. It is. Um, as far as the Cardinals, and you're looking at questions for this offseason, I think the question of DeAndre Hopkins, whether he's coming back next year, is a little bit further down the list, but it's still a big one, right? And I guess the only reason I have it further down the list is because I don't think he's coming back yeah. next year. But that nobody has said that. Uh, here's Jonathan Gannon at the Combine yesterday talking about DeAndre Hopkins. We're looking at evaluating everybody. I know this. He's he's a premier receiver that you have to have a plan for, and he uh, severely limits you with how you have to play defense when you defend a team that he's on. So uh, look forward to getting a no hop a little bit. And like I said, I've went against him a lot of times, played against him a lot, and um, he's a valuable asset. For Yeah, he is. He is a valuable asset, and that's what I'm focusing on right now. I'm not talking about JG and how Jonathan Gannon may have meant that, but for me, he's a valuable asset, and that to me... Um, tells me they're going to wave them around. They already are <laughs> waving them around a little bit. Hey, look, everybody. It's DeAndre Hopkins. He's a valuable asset. Yeah, and, and that's probably right, actually. I wasn't even thinking of that because my my interpretation of what Jonathan Gannon says about DeAndre Hopkins, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not scrutinizing his words as much, <laughs> right? Because it's not totally his his call. Sure. Uh, but we know Monty Austin Fort and DeAndre Hopkins spoke and had this conversation a few weeks ago, so if those two decided, hey, uh, it's probably best for everybody if D-Hop gets traded, you get something, D-Hop gets to go to a contender, then obviously that will have trickled down to Jonathan Gannon, so maybe I should be interpreting what he's saying, too. But I don't have to because Monty Austin Fort spoke at the combine yesterday as well, and he was just asked flat out, where do things stand with your wide receiver? I had a conversation with DeAndre um, and, and DeAndre's represent, representative. Um, those have been very productive conversations. You know, I've, I've watched from afar um, in the last 10 years or whatever it's been with DeAndre and have, have been on teams that have had to compete against him. I've seen, seen the player that DeAndre is and, and what he can do on the field, and I know he's tough to defend. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he's on the team. And, you know, I think with, with him or with as it goes to any player, those are situations that we'll address as they come up. Um, but I'm glad DeAndre is on the team right now, and I'm, I'm happy to be on the same team with him. Yeah, you know, it's a tangible love, DeAndre. <laughs> what? What are you laughing <laughs> at? <laughs> well, well, no, you have something, there's something struck you I'm, as a I'm little glad, funny. I'm glad DeAndre's on the team okay. right now. <laughs> what is that? What he said? I, I missed he that. He said, I'm glad DeAndre's oh, on that's... the team right now, and I'm happy to be on the same oh, team right with now, him. right now, I see. Yeah. Yes. He uh, didn't say it the way you said it. Well, right he, now. Didn't, uh, he didn't enunciate it, but those were yes. the same words. Yeah, didn't Cliff say something like that? Somewhere? I believe Cliff's comment was when they asked him if Josh Rosen was his quarterback. He's like, yeah, Josh is yeah. our quarterback. I don't even think he said right now. now. No, he said for now. Did he say for now? I thought it was for now. I thought yeah, we all just sort of assumed that because they, they drafted right a quarterback like a week later. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just think the opportunity is going to be there. The Arizona Cardinals are going to get an awful lot of phone calls and probably already have received an awful lot of phone calls on DeAndre Hopkins. And anytime you're trying to establish a new culture, um, a guy that doesn't practice all the time, a guy that has his own practice routine is not going to work. It's just not going to work going forward. And because of that, those are the reasons why I fully 
expect DeAndre Hopkins at some point in time to be traded. I just, I have it in my head that those two sat down and they had a good conversation and Monty Austin Fort probably said a version of what you just said of my job is to instill a new culture and you have to sort of be a leader in that culture and it's again, it's not a knock on D-Hop. He's been doing things a certain way yeah. and he's putting together a Hall yep. of Fame career doing it. So if he's on a different team, that's perfect for him and, and probably for the Cardinals in that respect, although let's not, let's not get confused here. The Cardinals are a much better team with DeAndre Hopkins, and I would prefer he was just on the team. Yes. I just think, kind of reading the tea leaves, that I'm sure in that meeting, DeAndre Hopkins was also like, look, you know, I'm in the second half of my career. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I, you guys aren't going next year, almost. It would, it would be a, a minor football miracle yeah. if the Cardinals were in the Super Bowl next year. So I could 100% see him saying, look, can you maybe move me to a contender? And I won't say anything, and you don't say anything, so we don't kill my value, and you get something back. And and if that's what that conversation was, they are executing that so far. Here's one of the great things about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, the tangible that he brings to any offense is the fact that even when he's covered, he's open. <laughs> this guy is, it's amazing. I've said this many times in the past, but I think it bears repeating right now. Here's a guy that doesn't have blow by speed, yet he is a deep threat. <laughs> how many how many guys can you say that about to begin with? Here's Jerry a guy. Rice. Yeah, right. Well, Jerry, it's a funny thing about Jerry. Don't get me sidetracked on Jerry Rice, okay? Because there's clock time and then there's game. Yeah, but wasn't time. he faster with the ball he, than he without was, the ball? He was he was faster when he got in between the white lines. Way faster than he was if he, he ran a forty. So time you think he had clock. blow by speed? Would you classify he it that did. way? He okay, did. well then he's yeah, not. There's the a lot of time. No, no. I'm I'm just saying. I, I think Jerry Rice was a guy that could run by some people in between the white lines. Well, he did. He ran by everybody. Exactly. So, D-Hop, you don't see D-Hop doing that, but you see him being a deep threat. There's no doubt about it. Here's a guy, Basin isn't a good route runner. He's not a good route runner. He's not. He's not a precise route runner. And all he does is get open. <laughs> think Now, think about that, what I'm saying. it's It's the truth. This guy in Larry Fitzgerald had a quality. Now he ran very, very precise routes. But even yeah, when Larry, pit. even when Larry was covered, he was open. Just like D Hop. There's somebody on him. Throw the ball. <laughs> Throw the ball to Hop. His catch radius is absolutely huge, especially with the sickles hanging from his wrists, stabbing the pig out of the air. Throw the ball to him. There's very few. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, this guy is is not a great runner after the catch, and all he does is make people miss. Think he's, about he's it. A, he's an anomaly. He and, is. And he really is. That's exactly right. But it's not like he's been doing it for one year. He's been doing it for a decade, so he he's going to do it again this I year. I don't know if what I just said about a wide receiver has been in the league before or after. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I want to throw this in there too. You you put this in your email. What? I no. I, I'm honestly. I, I'm just thinking about that. I right can't now. think of one he, off the top of my head. So a guy who is a deep threat, not not a run by guy. A guy that is not a good route runner, but he gets open all the time. A guy who is not um, a great athlete. Uh, not known for being a great yards after catch guy, and all he does is make people miss. 
A guy that is covered and yet is open. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if we've seen a lot of guys like D-Hop, and because of that, it's one of the reasons why. The opportunity is going to be there for the Arizona Cardinals to move him. And he is a rare, rare player. And I think the opportunity is going to be way too much for the Cardinals to overlook. I want to get to this real quick here before we hit the break. Um, you sent this list of the 101 top free agents for this offseason. First of all, Javon Hargrave, who you know, last week, yeah. like, hey, maybe we get him away from Philadelphia. They have him third. Third. So that's going to be tough. But that's hard. Okay, third. But did you see who they had at number 14? And I know that you did because you're the one that pointed it out to me. Yeah, Zach Allen, number 14 right there. Wow, Zach Allen in the top 15. I don't love this. I don't love that other people have realized how good he is. What are you doing, Greg Rosenthal? NFL.com, you got Zach Allen, number 14. Leave Zach Allen alone. Yes, And exactly. also leave Zach Gallen alone while you're at it. We get to keep both of these guys. <laughs> yeah, Zach's, Zach, what's up, Zach? Zach's our guy. Zach Gallen. I think we've now had Zach Gallen on more than Zach Allen. I think Gallon's at four and Allen's at two or three. <laughs> this is the ultimate rivalry in Arizona sports. More on Zach Allen being number 14 as the show unfolds. Well, yeah, that price tag. I mean, if I was his agent, that price tag would go up every time a story like this came out. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, it is your turn. How excited are you to see Kevin Durant's debut tonight? It's our listeners only meeting 602-260-9870. <laughs> it's coming up next. 602-260-9870. Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I like it. Kevin Durant is averaging just a shade under 30 points a mm-hmm. game this year. What are we getting into here? This is going to be awesome. Wolf and Luke. KD. Countdown. All right, the countdown continues, but this time with a twist. Well, we're taking some calls. Listeners only meeting 602-260-9870. Just to kind of gauge everybody's excitement level with this because the game is in five and a half hours. I know that some Suns fans are still like, man, I miss Mikel Bridges. I miss Cam Johnson. I know some Suns fans are like, I'm tired of waiting. It's been three weeks since the trade happened. When do we get to see him actually play? Yeah. Um, I think you might be in that category. No doubt about tired it. of talking I'm, I'm about it until he plays. Very jacked up and ready to see KD in a Suns uniform. So, uh, but then I'm sure there are Suns fans that are just like, "This is amazing." So let's go out to the phones and let's start with Kiernan and Gilbert. Kiernan, what's going on? You're on Wolf and Luke. Are you talking to me, Sam Yeah, Kevin Durant. <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm jacked up, my brother. Oh, baby. Seriously, though, let's come down from the clouds, fellas. Let's come down from the clouds real quick, okay? Okay, I'm excited, of course. Who wouldn't be? (laughs) But let's just come back to reality. Let's ground ourselves on the earth a little bit. Let's go, what have you done for me lately? Once you get the championship and you've done your your job, (laughs) then then we can talk. Then we can celebrate. I'm excited. Trust me. I'm going to watch. I'm going to make sure I'm home early. Like, I'm... I'm on it. I'm sure everyone's on that train. I'm on the train. But, you know, honestly, we got to get that ring. Until we get the ring, it's just another move. Don't get too excited, but still be excited if that makes sense. Enjoy life. Stay positive. I stay optimistic. I'm going, I'm go, I'm going to for the Suns. But KD, especially tonight, he's not going to 
He's not going to be NBA jams on fire, but for the street, of course. You know, he's going to be good, but he's not going to have that much play time. I love you guys. Love all you guys do behind the scenes, all morning shows. Oh, and for this morning, shut up, Jarrett. Tarantula? Oh, my gosh. Okay, bye. Okay. Thanks, Gary. So good, Gary. That was a lot to unpack right there. (laughs) He's a piece of work, man. He was like a full radio show just called in for two minutes. By the way, he might be the one guy that actually does the best imitation on me. I'm just saying. Better Frank than Caliendo. Chandler Jones? Yeah, Frank Caliendo tries to do it. He, he just sucks. Bottom, Calling out man. Frank Caliendo yes, for an impression. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. By the way, Frankie, it. you got to call me, okay? We, we need you on. We need your services. Yeah, well, now I have to hear Frank's uh, impression of you. That'd be great if no, Frank just filled in one day as you. Yeah, it's, no, it's just no? weird. I, I, yeah, it's it's good. I, I think Frank on. would even say so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he, he might say so, but he'd say it in John Madden's voice. Um, let's go back out to the phones. Torin in Phoenix. Torin, what's going on? What's up, guys? Huge fan. You guys are the best. I love to hear it. Appreciate it. We're so excited to see KD here. I know people are saying, oh, he might be ring chasing. He might be later stages of his career. KD is a generational talent, okay? He will be balling out to the last days of his career. Now, I'm not trying to compare goats to other goats, but he's up there with LeBron, in my, in my friend's opinion. So I think he's going to be a great addition. He brings facets like catch and shoot, rebounding, defense. He can make his own shot. So he doesn't have to play extended minutes to really get good looks at the basket, especially when the guys you give up, like Cam Johnson, you know, he, he's a good catch and shoot. He's a stretch four, stretch three. You know, KD fills that role perfectly, I think. Man, you know what, Torn? That is good Thanks, stuff Torn. right there. Well done by you. Say hello to your friend, too. Kevin Durant in his last 14 games before the injury, 13-1. and one. His last 19 games before the injury, 17 and 2. Now, I know that he was on a team. Okay, 17 team. and 2. But 17 that and 2 good. in his last 19. How about games. 18 and 2? All right, that's how you want to close out <laughs> the regular let's season. Let's go. 20 games, 18 <laughs> how and 2. How about 46 and 2? Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, that was that, the first that, song that, that I actually played. It was 46 and 2. Yeah, yeah okay. it's interesting. Uh, how about 36 and 2? 20 and um, Yeah, okay. I just, it's it feels good knowing that KD is going to be ready to roll right here. Do you have some other calls that you want to take, or are we done? I have, I have calls right oh, here. I okay, just want to throw that stat out there. Yeah, yeah I love 13, that. 13-1 to one in his last 14 games. Is, yeah, no, we have a lot of calls. Let's get to uh, David and Payson. David, what's going on? Hey, fellas. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Good to see you guys. What up, show. David? Thank you. So here's, here's my thing, and maybe you guys can tell me if my head's in the cloud or not, but if you really want to put the fear of God in this league, drop 110, 120 points on people. I'm dead serious. Like, if you really want to, like, Make your stand and show the rest of the league that you are completely a contender. Start beating people the way you should. You know what I mean? You've got four of the best players in the league. Why would we not start running up the score, start pushing the issue, stuff like that? I don't know. Maybe my head's in the clouds. I'd just like to hear where you guys are at on that. Yeah, I I honestly don't think you need to run up the score. I don't think you need to do that, David. I think you just need to let them play, right? Let them compete, and hopefully that's going to be the result. Well, I I do think he touched on something there. We'll get more into it later on after we get through some of the calls, but... um we don't know this team's offensive upside. Nobody does. I mean, that's the thing. They could just, without trying to run up the score, they might just start dropping 115, 120 every night because I don't know how you defend this team unless maybe you're Milwaukee. Let's go out to Anthony in Goodyear. Anthony, you're on the Wolf and Luke show. Hey, guys. Uh, great show. Long-time listener. Um, I really agree with that first caller, and I really wish I could do uh, Wolf's voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... I think I speak for all Suns fans. You know, we miss Bridges. We miss Cam. 
this thing better work. That's all. Yeah. It better work. I mean, I like I, I speak for all sunsets. I'm excited, just like that first caller. I'm excited, but I gotta see it. I, I just I'm, I'm I'm more excited to see it work, like everyone. But I just I want to see it out there. I'm really excited for today, and yeah. today could be really really big to see. I'm sure he's gonna be on some kind of a minutes restriction, but I'm just really excited just like everyone else, and it better work. I miss my guy. I've got three Bridges jerseys. i got to turn the two into a three, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks no. for taking my call. Good that's stuff, a great Anthony. Call. That's, I think that's it. Spot on. I'm that excited. That's a great call. Yep. And it better and work. It better work right there. You, you know, the expectation you have, at least you're not walking around like I am with a big L on my forehead because I just think they're going to roll. Hey, let's go. 18 and 2, let's go. Uh, all right, so let's go to Rowdy in Santan Valley. Rowdy, what's going on? Yeah, Wolf Luke. It's good to be back on with you guys, man. I just want to say that uh, you guys inspired me to start a podcast, AZ Sports, <laughs> all things AZ Sports. Nice. Right and on, uh, this Kevin Durant thing, I am um, I'm actually on the seat of my pants, man, because I don't think people understand just how big what he's going to do for us, not just on the offense, but on the defensive end. He blocks more shots than Aiton does. At least his average is higher. Yeah. The way that he can switch, he can pick up bigs, he can pick up guards. Um, I just, I'm really excited to see Monty actually coach and, and put him into the rotation. Because I think no matter what, you're going to see Chris, Devin, and Kevin, oh, I love it, the Kevin and Devin show. You're going to see one, two of the three on the floor, I think, at all times in a staggered rotation. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited, man. Uh, the last caller saying it better work. We just better hope and pray. It's God's will that it works because many plans are in the man's heart, but the Lord's will always prevails. Ooh. Let's go, son! Thanks, Rowdy. Thanks for the call, man. Proverbs nineteen twenty one. Well done, brother. Love that, right, dude. We got squeeze one more in here. Let's go to Dominic in Phoenix. Dominic, what's going on? Hey guys, I just want to say that I don't think there could be anybody in the valley more excited than me for Katie to come, and solely because I'm originally from Seattle. And my dad and I had season tickets for KD's rookie year when he played for the Supersonics. And you can imagine that I've been bitter for 15 years, haven't drank Starbucks since 2008 because Howard Schultz sold the Sonics out. So that's how, that's how real we are coming out of Seattle. But now I live here. I'm a half season ticket holder for the Suns. I take my kids all the time. I went to my first NBA game since 2008 last year. I went to my first playoff NBA game for the first time last year since 2005. So right now, now I'm all in it for the Suns. I'm a Suns fan until they bring the Supersonics back, and then I'll still probably like them at least a bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely just just super stoked because I have not seen KD play live since 2008, and so when I get my chance, I'm going to wear my Kevin Durant Supersonics jersey to every game. <laughs> awesome, thanks, That's Dominic. Fantastic. Well, I tell dude. you that that is. Uh... That is a Seattle fan right there. You talk to a Seattle fan yes. about the NBA yes. and, and basketball is huge in Seattle. Um, they just stopped watching for like ten years, yeah. and they stop. They actively root against Oklahoma City no matter who they're playing, which I don't Boy, really I blame them. Tell you, man, the basin is fired up according to that listeners only meeting. Yeah, that was uh, that. If that's if that's a cross section of what's to expect from the fan base now for the next four months, three months, potentially three and a half months, this is a. Uh, 
Get ready. Strap in. All right. Uh, when we come back, what kind of expectations does Amiel Sade have for the Diamondbacks this season? We're going to ask the senior vice president and assistant GM next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. All right, we got to spend the last couple days at Salt River Fields. Good time out there. I tell you, Wolf, it was fun too watching watching some of the games with some of the players while we're doing the interviews and just how they were you know, very tuned into the pitch clock in particular and, and oh, some yeah. of the thoughts they were able to give us. Um, so we'll get more into that in a little bit. But we're joined right now by the D-backs senior vice president, assistant general manager Amiel Sade, on the Arizona Sports Line. Amiel, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Doing great. How you guys doing? We're doing Excellent. good, Amiel. Thank you for joining us. Anytime. It's always a good time of year when I get to talk to you guys. <laughs> well, so we were we were out there the last couple of days and, and talking to some of the players and just talking to, to baseball fans. You know, this is the time of year that you always get excited, right? Because you, you have all that hope. But uh, we were talking and then we talked to some of the players and they kind of echoed it that it's, it is a little bit of a different vibe around this team this year. And I don't know if it's because of what certain players were able to do, like Zach Gallen last year, or if it's because I don't totally know the ceiling with some of the young guys. But do you sense that maybe there's a little bit higher external expectations this year? I think it's a mix of the, the yes, external expectations and internal expectations. And I think um, you hit it on the head. I think, you know, the way we finished in the second half, the way we saw some of our young guys start to take a step forward and the way Zach Allen finished, um, you know, the, the amazing scoreless inning streak that he went through last year um, that, that, you know, we don't, we don't talk about anymore, but like was, was such a, a great accomplishment. Um, I think it's, it's pretty exciting. And, and look, the first couple of days of camp, we had a couple of national writers in here talking about how exciting it is externally. So, yeah, I mean, I think the expectations are probably, um, have, have risen a little bit from both internally with our, what our players feel and, and probably, you know, you're starting to see people recognize some of the young players, the, the Corbin Carrolls, Alec Thomas, Gabriel Moreno's, McCarthy's of the world. And, and that's, that's always nice to hear. Is Amiel, is that what you think of first when you think of this team coming into this season right now? The young guys, is that what you think of first? Um, I think of it, it's hard. I mean, I think of the youth and athleticism that we have both, um, you know, I think from the, from on the position player side and on the pitching side. Um, but I also think of the, the veterans that we've, that we've put, you know, we've, we were able to get Lourdes Correal who's a great leader and, um, an excellent hitter and, and is going to stabilize parts of our lineup in Longoria who has been around and has won and has done some amazing things in his career. So, I think it's a mix, and I think the the youth is is always the most exciting. But you you can't forget that you need to have veteran leadership, and and I you know I think that we've again like I'm not sure how it's going to all play out, but I think that we've gotten the right guys in this clubhouse that can help um, help with pushing these young guys and, and this team forward. Talking to Amiel Sade, D-backs senior VP and assistant GM. Uh, Amiel, I remember talking to Mike Hazen last year on this show, and he said sort of a version of what you just said of there's a time to bring in vets and you got to make sure you bring in the right ones and put them in the right places when you have a younger team like this. And you just mentioned Guriel and Longoria. You know, at least in talking to Josh Rojas yesterday, he's all in on, on, uh, on Evan Longoria. I would assume that's probably a pretty common opinion 
in the locker room. How how did you guys come to uh, to the point where those were the the main vets you added? Um, well, I, just speaking along on Longoria, I mean, I think Longoria was um, you know a guy we we saw a lot um, in San Francisco and and was always. He always felt better when he wasn't in the lineup. It seemed like, especially here at Chase Field, every time he got here, he was hitting home run. And uh, and so, you know, we've watched him. He's a he's an excellent defender. He, you know, obviously he's gotten older and he doesn't move as as well as he did when he was younger. But he's he's got unbelievable hands. He plays a great third base and um, and and he's a and he's a really hard out, a really tough out. And then just you know, we we came up in just from Mike and I obviously watching him in Tampa as he was a young player. I mean. He's just got such an incredible um, athleticism, body control, awareness of his of his um, of his offensive game. So, so as a guy knowing um, the makeup with with uh, Evan and knowing like the type of guy as a winner, um, he was he was the perfect fit. And and I think he's talked about this too. I think the other part of it is he wanted to be here. He watched our young players and said, you know, this is the type of team that I think I can help. Um, push forward as a veteran player. And so there's got to be that mix, um, those players that want to be here and also those players that still have talent. And um, and so he was he was a guy that I think that we, we had one of the guys that we targeted and were able to get. You know, Amiel, I am fascinated with Mad Bum. Um, here's a guy that we all know what he's accomplished in the past and in his career. He's the highest paid player on the team. The last couple of seasons have been tepid for Madison Bumgarner. What are your expectations for him going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think um, Mike has talked about this early on. I mean, we expect him to come out and and be a part of our rotation. And really, we we, we sometimes we forget Mad Bum had a really strong first half, and obviously he had some bumps in the road in the second half. But um, he came in into camp. He looks really good. And from you know, obviously he's been pitching in some of the backfield games, and we'll get a chance to see him in some of the, the live games here, the, the major league games at some point soon. Um, but I think he's he's done a lot of um, you know just just trying to figure out what you know as, as as pitchers get older a lot of times they they figure out what works and what doesn't work and I yep. think he's he's done a lot of that this off season um, and you know our, our hope is is that Mad Bum we see the the Mad Bum of the first half um, who can come out and when he's right he he can give you six or seven innings and and um, you know seventy sometimes seventy eighty pitches um, keep the ball up the barrel and and really you know help eat innings and he's a durable pitcher and I think that our expectations are for him to go out and compete and help us win ball games. Talking to Amiel Sade, um, Amiel, so much focus on the young players, and rightfully so, is on that outfield with McCarthy and, and Corbin Carroll and Al Thomas. But as far as young pitchers, uh, you know, Ryan Nelson burst onto the scene last year. Dre Jameson did as well. Uh, Brandon Fott pitched well the other day, and, and that was a guy Merrill Kelly told us to keep an eye on. How do you feel about the the young potential starting pitchers you have? Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. I mean, I think we've been waiting for this point where I think everybody who follows baseball knows that in starting pitching, you need more than just five. And, um, you know, I think our, our group of young pitchers, you know, you, you mentioned those three. I think Tommy um, had some pickups toward at, at some point towards the end of the year, but um, really showed that he belonged here too. And, and, 
you know, those three guys, Tommy, and then we have a group underneath them that are that will probably be in double AA, A, triple A that we're pretty excited about. So we need to create that pitching pipeline. Um, they're not all going to end up being starting pitchers. It's just the nature of how this game works. Um, but we, you know, the best ones are going to kind of the cream rises to the top and the best ones are going to take rotation spots. And some of the other ones will be in bullpen in the bullpen, but um, we're really excited about it. They all have really good stuff. They all throw strikes. They're, they, uh, there's a competitive nature to them. They, they're such, they're, they're such good friends. They're very close. They, they root for each other, but they compete against each other. I think I talked about that last year at some point. I think it's really important because I think they see the writing on the wall at some point in the future for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're going to be pitching together. And they and they'd like that, and they um, and so I think that it's a pretty exciting time to be a D-backs fan, especially when you look at the young starting pitching. Speaking of the bullpen in the year 2023 in Major League Baseball, do you have to have a closer? And if so, who's that closer going to be? <laughs> I think you ask this question every year. You got to ask that yeah, question. But it's story. just well going into it, right? I mean, it's, it's... I, I don't name the closer. Sorry. <laughs> So you're just the closing by committee right now. Um, do you think that is the best way to go forward? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I think we've seen teams do it and have success, and we've seen teams that go out there and have specific roles, and there's a closer, and there's there's a couple leverage guys in the eighth innings, and I think it depends on the personalities and the type of pitchers you have in your bullpen, and some pitchers really, really just need to have that role. I need to know when I'm coming out, and some guys, you know, you're, you all bullpens where they'll say, yeah, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ready in the sixth inning, for any situation, whether it's the sixth or the eighth or the ninth. And I think that just depends. And look, our bullpen, we remade um, a good chunk of it. And there's, there's some different faces and there's some different stuff. And we're still trying to get to know a lot of these guys. Um, and I think as, you know, as the spring progresses, as the season progresses, Tori will have a better feel for what he has back there and, and how he's going to, how he's going to play it. Um, yeah, we appreciate the time as always, man. Look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. That's Amiel Sade joining us right there. I wanted to ask him about Gabriel Moreno, and we ran out of time. So just know that that's going to be my first okay, question good. to him in a couple of weeks yeah. when he comes I'm, back on you the know show. What? I'm going to ask him the closer question again. <laughs> Sure, sure you are. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks, Damiel, for joining us right there. And we're back to that point where we get to have some weekly conversations with the D-backs. I, I am legitimately excited about where this team could be going. You know what I mean? It's a different kind of excitement than with the Suns, right? We're all like, I better win a championship or, or else with the D-backs. I don't think anybody's thinking that yet. But I man, think I like a ton of scrap. I, I like the upside, team, too. I love. Yeah. I do. Can't wait. All right, coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.